The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Before we get to it, make sure you follow us wherever you get your audio podcast. Just search FFSN, that's Rather Cavalier. Give us a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify. Also, check out our cast shorts on the Nordahl's YouTube channel. Now let's get to it. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the That's Rather Cavalier podcast. Where tonight, we're coming at you after a 124-116 Cleveland Cavalier win over the Utah Jazz. This was a good game. We got a lot of good play from a lot of unexpected places. And we'll be right back to go over it all and recap this game right after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back. 
Welcome back to the That's Rather Cavalier podcast, where we're recapping the Cavs' 124-116 victory over the Utah Jazz. What we knew going into last night, into this game, was that the Cavs would be without Darius Garland and Evan Mobley. What we didn't know was that Donovan Mitchell would get sick and the Cavs would also be without their all-NBA guard, Donovan Mitchell. So, other guys ultimately had to step up. The starting lineup was a different one uh, than we usually have, obviously, with three starters out. We had the backcourt. Craig Porter Jr. got to start the rookie, Isaac Okoro, at the two-guard. Jared Allen at center. Dean Wade at the power forward. And Max Struess at the small forward. Outstanding, outstanding contributions from the bench. Sam Merrill. Had 27 points, three rebounds, and two assists. He shot a blazing 8 of 14 from three-point range. Karis LeVert, a steady hand off the bench. You'd think maybe he'd get in the starting lineup, but JB wanted to keep the rotation kind of as consistent as possible. So he kept he kept Karis on the bench and brought him off the bench, and the bench unit played outstanding this evening. Karis had 23 points, three rebounds, and seven assists. He also shot 4-7 from three-point range. George Niang, in 23 minutes, 15 points, uh, only one rebound and one assist. He shot 3-10 from three-point range, but 15 points, that, that's a factor off your bench. And the old guy, the old man, Tristan Thompson, 10 points, five rebounds, four assists for Tristan. Shot 5-7 from the field in 18 minutes was a huge contributor along with the rest of the bench. Uh, as far as the starters go, Max Struess had 18 points, four rebounds, and four assists. I really I really like what Max Struess does with the Cavs. I like what he's brought uh, coming to Cleveland this year after the trade late this summer. He's brought a lot of shooting, brought a lot of toughness, brought a lot of grit. I guess some might say he's brought – some of the heat culture that he learned while he was in Miami with him. And, you know, that works out pretty well for the Cavs because we did have a guy that was in Miami that was in Cleveland initially and went to Miami and came back, LeBron James, and uh, helped get us a championship in 2016. So maybe it's something with that track from the heat back to the Cavs that will work out well for us. Dean Wade played 30 minutes, played really good defense, didn't do much. On the stat sheet, as far as points, had three points, one and three from three-point range. His long field goal made seven rebounds and two assists. Jared Allen played a good game, uh, 30 minutes, 17 points, eight rebounds and three assists. He shot almost 65% from the field, eight to 13 from the field. The rookie who got the start, Craig Porter Jr., Six points. Fills a stat sheet up, man. I like this kid, too. I really like what we have in way of bench players when the starters get back and get healthy. Uh, he has six points, seven rebounds, and six assists. Three blocks for the guard. He he had good, great defense and a good rebounder in college. He's bringing that to the NBA. Uh, and we'll hear from Bernie Bickerstaff, Sam Merrill, and Karis LeVert for their post-game uh, press conference interviews in this episode. But, yeah, Bernie said that, you know, he has an innate ability 
to just contest shots. Guys think they beat him, get by him, and he has he has a way to get his hand on the ball and make a play. So, yeah, really liking what Craig Porter Jr. is bringing to the Cavs overall. Isaac Okoro played 25 minutes, only scored five points, but six rebounds, five assists, and played play overall good defense. So, yeah, the Cavs had a complete game from all players involved. They played nine players from all players involved. They really had a good game from everybody, good enough to get the win when, when they're really short. So that's pretty much the recap of this game. The Cavs did have a, did have a season high 34 assists in this game. Let's go over the Cavs numbers real quick. They shot 47% from the field, 45 from three, getting up 51 three-pointers, shot 51 three-pointers. Uh, they were only 11 of 15, 11 of 16, I'm sorry, from the free throw line for 69%. They did have 11 turnovers, but they had 34 assists, a season high in assists, uh, 44 rebounds to 38 for Utah. 14 of those were offensive. Cavs had three blocks, eight steals. So overall, a good game. And when we come back from this break, we'll hear from Coach Bernie Bickerstaff. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy-on, easy-off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Be obviously tough to win games in the NBA when you're without three of your starters, as you guys are right now. What's it kind of say about the rest of this group that they're able to come together on a night like this? And uh, I think that's the you know what we've been stressing. Um, you know, this isn't going to be a one person kind of lift us up uh, when your back's against the wall, you're down bodies. You know, the only way you come out on top is if you do it together. And I thought our guys have, you know, done a phenomenal job of just picking up the slack. Um, you know, I thought we did a great job of sharing the basketball, um, you know, defensively trying to protect each other, especially in that fourth quarter. I thought we were really good defensively. Um, so, it, you know, it, it's again, it speaks to the character of these guys and their willingness to sacrifice for the greater good. Sam had... 19 on Monday night, which was a career high for him, and then 27 tonight on eight made three-pointers. How cool is it to see a developmental story like that really just take hold of an opportunity? I mean, again, it just speaks to the work that he puts in every single day. Um, you know, this isn't something that just, you know, just happened overnight. Um, you know, you watch him work tirelessly um, every single day, and he works at game speed, so these reps aren't new to him. Um, but, you know, I mean, like this is what the NBA is about. It's about making dreams come true. Um, and, you know, he's worked his tail off um, and he's definitely making his dream come true. EdenSandClearing.com. Coach, a couple of weeks ago you were shooting 33s a game. Now you're up to shooting 40 in the last couple, 50 tonight. What has been that change that you have seen the need for? Uh, I mean, we, you know, obviously you're missing – 
some pieces. So offensively, you have to make some adjustments. Um, and, you know, playing, you know, a little bit more of the analytics game um, and paying attention to, you know, your shot types a little bit more, uh, understanding the value of the three-point shot, um, you know, and obviously the guys that are taking them and how we're creating them. You know, they're not a lot of just one-on-one pull-ups. Uh, it's a lot of ball movement and sharing the game and creating for one another. You know I mean? Like 34 assists on 45 made field goals uh, is big time. And, you know, that means everybody's involved. That means everybody's sharing it. You know, you look at it, everybody who played had an assist. Um, so, you know, again, that's kind of what we need to do. Um, and the guys are taking to it. And you talk about Craig Porter Jr. being ready. I mean, stepping up for Donovan tonight because of the illness. What have you seen from him, especially tonight with being on triple-double watch? Uh, I mean, he's just, you know, really, really mature um, and understands the game at a high level. Uh, and he does things that, you know, most guards, you know, typically can't do. Um, you know, he rebounds the ball in traffic. Um, you know, he gets deflections. He blocks shots. Uh, you know, he just plays much bigger than his size. So, um, but again, it's a poison understanding of who he is uh, and then going out um, and playing with confidence and his teammates' trust. Sam. Uh, same Amico Hoopswire. Coach, how, how much of this from the guys who don't play regularly do you see in practice and do you think it helps quite a bit? Yeah, I mean, we, we know we have depth. Um, you know, we just, you know, have worked to get to it. And obviously the injuries kind of force your force your hand a little bit. Um, but you, you know who these guys are. You know, and I, I give our front office a ton of credit um, for being able to find, you know, diamonds in the rough, so to speak. You know, to be able to find the Dean Wades of the worlds, uh, the Sams of the worlds, um, you know, the Craig Porters of the world where, you know, they weren't highly touted or drafted even, um, but understanding their talent level uh, and going out and getting them on a deal. Spencer, Spencer Davies, Cavs Insider. Uh, how important is it? I know you guys shot that many threes, but it's easy to kind of fall into that game sometimes. How important was it for Karras to establish that paint presence again there in the fourth, especially when things started to get tight? I mean, that, that was our goal. You know, our goal was, again, to focus on shot quality. Uh, and efficiency and we talked about it you know before the game that we wanted to be aggressive to the rim um, you know and find the threes when we could and I think you know at the end of the game when the game's on the line uh, you have to be attack minded and you can't settle for you know what might be first uh, and I thought Karras did a great job of attacking the paint and putting pressure on the rim uh, drawing fouls and scoring for us. Back to Craig, you were talking about his, his rebounding in traffic. It's not often you see that, and you see him leading the game in blocks. You know, like, can you just speak to the uniqueness of that? I mean, it is. It's it's odd. <laughs> um, you know, he did it in college. He did it in junior college. You know, it's his history. He's got a, you know, uncanny ability to just find the ball. Um, you know, a lot of times people think they've beat him, and, you know, somehow, some way, he's there to challenge it, contest it, and block it. So uh, it's it's extremely unique, um, and it's something you don't see often, um, but, um, you know, it works, and it's something that's continued to work, you know, at all, all levels he's played. Chris. Hey, JB. What's up, Chris? We've seen improbable stories in the NBA throughout the course of history. How do you explain what we're seeing from Sam right now? Uh, I mean, it's 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 the work. And it's the preparation. Um, you know, it's a guy who is so committed to being successful um, that, you know, there are no excuses and no reasons why not. Um, 
I mean, and it's it's rewarding to see a guy who you know puts in that time, and you know you think about you know all of us, right? Your your dreams and what your commitment level is to your dream, um, and he exceeds that because he wants it so bad um, that he's willing to do whatever it takes um, at any hour of the day and at any lengths to make it happen. And you know, what I mean, like that's the the great part about the NBA um, is being able to participate in those moments and witness it firsthand. Um, but again, it comes down to his work, uh, his grit, his desire, um, you know, and it's just an awesome story. What were your conversations with him like early in the season when he wasn't getting the opportunities that he wanted to get? Uh, I mean, he and I sat down, he actually, you know, um, reached out and wanted to have a conversation about, you know, just what he can be doing to continue to prepare himself for his moment. Um, you know, and our conversation was that his time was going to come um, and, you know, that we believed in him and his talent. And it just so happened it was right after a game where he was scheduled to play, but one of his teammates got hot. And so uh, the rotation kind of shifted because one of the guys was going. Um, but, you know, we, we know what he's capable of. And again, um, just be ready because the time is coming and it always does. In an 82 game season, everybody gets an opportunity uh, and it's a matter of what you do with it. Last one, Jackson. Uh, Jackson's looking to down Euclid. How does Sam's off-ball movement just open up the entire half-court offense? Well, I mean, it, it takes eyes off of whatever's happening where the ball is. Um, you know, and it's getting to a point where it's not just four eyes. Uh, you know, sometimes it's six to eight eyes. And then, you know, guys are so concerned that slips happen. Uh, you get easy opportunities at the rim. Now a guy with the ball uh, can drive and attack and play in space, and it's a one-on-one -on -one situation. Uh, so it just opens the floor up, uh, and it opens the game up for everybody. Welcome back. And as already stated, Sam Merrill was huge in this game. I mean, a lot of guys stepped up and played really well. As we heard JB talk about, Sam Merrill was huge. Had a career-high 27 points after just setting his career-high of 19 points the previous game against the Houston Rockets. Sam Merrill is from Utah, played at Utah State. He's been one of those uh, journeyman kind of players. He was drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks, I believe, with the last pick of the 2020 draft. If this was football, he'd be Mr. Irrelevant. He'd be Brock Purdy right now. But, you know, with all the injuries and an NBA 82-game season, as Coach JB alluded to already, everybody will get their opportunity at some point. Sam's preparation has met his opportunity, and he's killing it right now. He's killing it right now. Hit a career-high eight three-pointers. He wants to prove that he's more than just a shooter. So, you know, I think... Moving forward, once we get healthy, this experience and this part of the season will be huge for Sam and the Cavs going forward as he will be able to be a full-time contributor off the bench. Looking like a nice piece when you can bring shooting in like that. I believe he had five three-pointers in the first half. So, yeah, so let's go ahead and hear from Sam Merrill, and we'll be back and then hear from Karis LeVert, and then we'll quickly recap the Utah game. Sam, Sam Amico of Hoopswire. Um, 
it seems like, uh, well, JB said at one point this season, you went to him and kind of asked him, you know, what more did you need to do to get an opportunity? And there was a couple times where it seemed like you might be getting an opportunity and it didn't work out. Um, did you ever envision, you know, two games and twice in two games meeting with the media and being the leading scorer? Uh, leading scorer, I don't know, but I, I, I certainly have had, you know, all the confidence in the world in myself. And, yeah, that meeting was – it was nothing like, hey, why am I not playing or anything like that? It was just, you know, I want to make sure I'm ready for whenever that opportunity does come. So I just wanted to make sure I was, they felt like I was doing everything I could to make sure physically, you know, mentally I was ready. And um, obviously it's exciting to be able to get some more minutes and play well and um, do it all while we're also winning games. Uh, that's, you know, what you dream of doing as a kid. So just another good step forward. Okay. Sam, what was your main takeaway from that conversation? Uh, just that, you know, I felt like JB reiterated the trust that, that the whole staff has in me and what I can do. And, you know, it's for me, and it's, it's always going to be a fight to show that I can do more than just shoot on both ends of the floor. And um, I think... Uh, they've under, understood that from you know the moment they signed me that there's there's more to it and especially on the defensive end, competing and staying in front of guys and being in the right spots and whatnot and so certainly came away with uh, uh, quite a bit of confidence and that was right before I believe the Denver game so I played quite a bit that game and played pretty well so um, you know I, JB's done a great job communicating and whatnot so I feel like that was certainly positive for us. I know this morning you were talking about being trying to be even keeled, you know, basically not, uh, after what whatever the outcome of the game is or your performance or whatever. But um, Jamie said tonight, you know, the NBA is about making dreams, and this is you know what it's about, mm -hmm. dreams coming true. Um, have you allowed yourself to get excited or think about? I mean, is, it, is this kind of you living your dream right now? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, we all work work too hard to to not enjoy moments like this for sure and I've worked as hard as I could and you know felt like there were times where maybe this wasn't going to work out and you know to be honest in high, in high school like my my goal was to play division one basketball the, the NBA was never even in my sights like I just didn't think that was going to happen because guys where I'm from usually don't and um, just kept working and working and working and again there's been ups and downs these last you know three and a half years since I've been out of college and um you know, I grew up in Utah, so you know I was a huge Jazz fan growing up. So to be able to have a, a game like that against get them is even more special for sure. Hey Sam, what have you tried to emulate throughout the course of your career? Well, there's a lot of guys. You know the <clears throat> the usuals: the Max, Duncan Robinson, you know Joe Harris, JJ Redick. Uh, you know Steph Curry does such a good job of relocating off of passes and. Uh, his ability to just always be moving. You know, I obviously don't have nearly the handle and whatnot, but the ability to just keep moving uh, and the way that can open things up for yourself and for the offense, that's something I've always watched. And, um, you know, but at the same time, I try to be myself too and feel like I have different things that I can bring to the table. So uh, watching film and putting in the work has definitely helped. 
being that you did grow up in Utah, was there Kyle Korver influence in there or anything along those lines? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, he was there. I remember when they first traded for him, and we were all really excited because they needed some shooting. Uh, but definitely he's, you know, taller, and that helps him for sure. But I know a lot of people say our shots look fairly similar, uh, and that's a, <laughs> I'll take that for sure as a compliment. And then you mentioned people from where you are from don't go on to play in the NBA. Mm -hmm. What do most of those people go on to do? Well, we got a lot of, you know, Utah's got a great, a great basketball history, Utah State, BYU, Utah, Weber State with Dame, obviously. But uh, high school guys from Utah, there hasn't, you know, I remember a guy telling me there had been, I think, five guys that played high school in Utah that had played five or more years in the NBA. And that was a few years ago. Frank Jackson, I think, got to five years. Uh, so that's, you know, there's not a super rich history. And so it's... You know, I take that upon myself to represent my state and where I come from, and hopefully we can just keep grinding and maybe get there. Sarah Todd, Desert News. Obviously, being from Bountiful, I don't want to make the assumption that you were a jazz fan growing up, mm -hmm. but being a jazz fan growing up, uh, I, I also assume the number one dream would be like, well, if I could play for them. Is it a very close second to put up 27 on them? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's, it's a really fun game. Uh, they, I know their record's not great, but they, they make things really tough on you. They, they, they run so many different stuff, so many different things with Lowry and, you know, THT and Sexton can get downhill and they try and muck things up defensively. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 always different when, I'm, you know, we're playing them and I'm walking by their locker room and it says Utah Jazz and stuff and just you know how much I like them and, but now it's it's a little different for sure. Sam, you talked about playing against Utah a little bit. Donovan's mentioned it. Jordan's mentioned it. Was that like your moment? You said that you didn't know that NBA wasn't really in your sights. Was that a moment where you're like, I can make it to the NBA? Yeah, I think that was about the time where I felt like it was a possibility. Uh, I think that was going into my junior year of college when we played a couple times. And uh, we played with Don and George and... I feel like Royce O'Neal might have been there too, uh, and it was fun playing with high, high-level guys. And again, I was starting to make some real strides as a player. So uh, it's it's funny how that's been about six, seven years ago now, but it's kind of come full circle. Craig's been the point guard for you guys in the second unit. How important was he for you guys tonight, and just having him as a point guard as a whole? Yeah, Craig's been great. He's just so so steady. You know, whether he's making shots or not, he finds a way to get into the paint he's got what seven rebounds six assists zero turnovers for a rookie that's it's pretty special so uh, he's a guy that you know looks for me and uh, i'm appreciative of that definitely Spencer Davies, Captain Center. When you're talking about those things that are not shooting that you want to show, and you mentioned defense there specifically a little bit, but is, is there anything that you feel like you can do um, to help the team more than just shoot? Yeah, I think, you know, we talk about what, what really good shooters do as far as gravity goes and, you know, cutting and screening and opening things up for other guys. And um, me and Max, I feel like we're able to get a few baskets for guys just, just by either screening or cutting. Uh, and, you know, hand, I handled the ball a lot in college, and I don't anticipate that being a huge part of 
my game, but just, you know, we've been with my coaches, individual coaches, we've been working on, you know, what's going to happen when guys start running me off the line and uh, how can I be effective there? So, um, you know, I want to just keep expanding and, you know, focusing on what my strengths are, but being ready for whatever, whatever comes my way. Welcome back. And we're back on the That's Rather Cavalier podcast. Get ready to wrap this thing up here shortly. A couple more things to go over. Uh, let's talk about Karis LeVert and his contribution. Karis LeVert had a team high seven assists in the night where the Cavs set their uh, season high in assists with 34. So his 23 points, three rebounds, and seven assists off the bench while shooting four, seven from three-point range were huge. Uh, Karis, in a, on a night like this, as far as you know, a distributor and ball handler to go, ball handler goes. He was the main facilitator with those seven assists, and he said he's comfortable playing the point guard position and facilitating for other guys. He said he's been doing it in his NBA career for a while, no problem doing that with Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell out. That's kind of really needed. Craig Porter Jr. did step up and play well. But let's go ahead and hear from Karis real quick. Then we'll come back and finish this thing out by recapping the upcoming game tomorrow night against the New Orleans Pelicans. I think once he hits one, um, the other team is on high alert. Obviously, when you have a a deadly shooter like that um, on the floor, you have to account for him. Um, and he's someone who has a quick kind of memory too. So if he misses one, he's shooting the next one. So it's tough to guard guys like that. When he's hitting like that, does it kind of give you more of a license to like take your own threes? I think um, the floor is just more wide open, um, and there's more wide open shots in general. So yeah, I think so. Even SaskLuvin.com, Karis, you were able to, in the fourth quarter, you guys were shooting well from three, but you also were able to open up in the mid-range and stuff like that. How do you find that balance, especially when you guys are hitting so far, so good from beyond the arc? I think just um, taking kind of what the defense gives you, um, but also knowing what shots that we want. You know, obviously we love free throws, we love layups, we love open threes, um, but knowing in the back of your mind that that may not be the shot available every single time. Um, and just playing that game, you kind of get a rhythm playing it. Um, but we have guys who can make all three levels of shots. Um, what makes it easier on, on the offense? You talk about the bench being so deep this year, the whole season. You guys outscored the starters today. What is it about this bench unit? I think we have um, chemistry together for whatever reason. You know, we uh, kind of just started playing together, all of us. Um, even, you know, Ty, who's injured. Um, you know, that, like, you know, Ty, myself, TT, George, um, Sam, like, we just have a sort of, like, a chemistry, um, and we play well together, you know, dating all the way back to uh, to training camp. So um, I think we kind of have been in the league for a while. We've been around, you know, good basketball, and we kind of know what that looks like. Joe? Uh, Karis, uh, 34 assist tonight, season high. 
Uh, how much danger, how much da dangerous are you guys when you're playmaking by committee, when everybody's getting involved? In it makes us tougher to guard. You know, when everyone's in a threat um, on the floor, uh, I think we have a lot of multifaceted guys who, you know, can all get going. Um, and when we're moving the ball like we were tonight, you know, it's tough for any team to guard us. Like, we have really elite shooters on the floor who can all get hot at any point. So, um, you know, when you're guarding a team like that, it's tough It's tough to guard that. And double figures again every game since you've been back. Uh, what's been working for you since you've come back? Um, just, you know, trusting the work, uh, trusting my teammates as well. Um, you know, I think... Uh, you know, my teammates have been able to get me into a really good rhythm, and I'm just kind of just taking what comes to me um, on the floor, trying to make good decisions, you know, when I get in the paint and make others better as well. Anything else, Robert? Uh, yeah, just one last one. You're kind of filling in as the point guard of the second unit. How have you kind of stepped into that second role? Uh, for me, it's really easy. You know, I've played a lot of point guard in the NBA. Um, so it's, it's really kind of second nature to me. Um, to, you know, be like a facilitator and to get others going. So uh, it's something that's fun for me. And obviously when guys go down, it's um, it's asked of me and I'm uh, ready and willing to uh, take on that, uh, that role. The Cavs next game is against the New Orleans Pelicans. Depend on when you're listening to this podcast. That could be tomorrow night or tonight. Um, they're hosting the Pelicans. They both have the same identical records of 16 and 12. That puts the Cavs at seventh in the East. I mean, sixth in the East. The Pelicans are seventh in the West. Uh, not sure what's going on with Don Donovan Mitchell as of yet. Hopefully, he'll have gotten over his little illness and he can play. If not, we'll hope for the same kind of output that the that the reserve players and the bench players put in tonight. Like we say, Zion Williamson coming to town, Brandon Ingram, uh, C.J. McCollum. They have a really, really good team. They could actually be probably be a playoff team in the West, not even a play-in team, a playoff team. I'd like, like them to finish around where they're at now, that 5-6-7 seed. So we'll see how they do. But I'm looking forward to uh, to the game, hopefully Sam Merrill can keep it going, Karis LeVert, and we'll see what happens. So until next time, thanks for joining us on That's Rather Cavalier. Uh, like, again, be sure to, to follow, be sure to download, and just get with this podcast with all this Cavalier content that we're going to have coming for you as football season winds down. Hopefully... <clears throat> Big G and Relly will be back soon and we'll get into some really serious Cavs discussion about just everything moving forward. So thank you for joining us and until next time, let's go Cavs. Let's go Cavs. Let's go Cavs.